0: Welcome back to another episode of
1: Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Mr. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Uh, with my friend Ryan Davis. Uh, hi, Ryan. We're a like first doing gay this couple of conspiracy theories. What the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. And yes, and welcome to a very special, fun episode of Tinfoil Hat. Welcome back to the bunker. Joining me as always Is one of my favorite people on the planet. My partner in crime. I'm Batman. He is Aquaman. Are you Aquaman? Are you cool with that? Or you want to be Wolverine? Either way. Ryan Davis, everybody. The most off-the-grid motherfucker you'll ever meet in your life. I'm here. Let's get weird. Yeah, let's get weird. As always, guys, uh, thank you to everybody who loved uh, the last couple episodes. Uh, Thank you, everybody who loved them. Thank you, everybody who hated them. We went a little hard on the Satanism, but you know what? Everything just kind of morphs in this... Into something, right? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Uh, real quick, we want to give shout outs to our good friends, our sponsor of the show. Go to speedweed.com. If you're in Los Angeles and you are looking for some bud, go to our Gino and our good friends over there at Speedweed. We are uh, they are the best of the best, and they're only getting better for all your medicinal marijuana needs. Get medical, homeboy. And then also our good friends at Dream Donut Truck. That's right. Dream Donut Truck. They have a wonderful uh, food truck that goes around Los Angeles. Uh, they came to our big show last Tuesday in the main room. And, man, was uh, they brought the most amazing donuts. We gave donuts to all the crowds. I'm going to somehow get Speed Weed and the Donut Dream Donut Truck to come together oh, and yeah. do some weed donuts. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're talking about, homeboy. Where is this thing? So... Uh, guys, wisest guys, we have a new Instagram too. You guys go to Foil hat pod. We already have three hundred and ninety-five followers.
0: Bam! That's right. Calling all artists, photoshoppers, meme makers. Send us your inspired TFH. Inspired type of art, man. We wanted to get weird. Use our image. And
1: yeah, show us what you got. Dude, go light us house. up, man. Light us up. Do the weirdest, the funniest, the coolest. Uh, Memes, uh, photoshops, you can. Be part of the show. Without you guys, the show means nothing. Uh, We're also on Reddit, man. Go. That's right. Go to Tin Foil Hat Show, and everybody's talking about all the stuff that's going on. Uh, Be a part of it. Comment. I get in it. I'll talk to you. You talk to me, I'll talk to you. Go to Reddit. Get on Tin Foil Hat Show. If there's any guests you guys want, go ahead and email us at
0: tinfoilhatpod at gmail, and we'll go ahead and check that out, man.
1: Guys, and uh, now a little dates out of the gates. I am going to be at the Death Squad show this Wednesday night at the Comedy Store. Joe Rogan, Nick Swartzen, uh the list goes on and on. Brian Redman, uh who else? Uh, Dean Del Rey and everybody who came out to Toronto for the shows. Thank you for being tinfoil hat fans. Thank you for being mad Hatters. The fact you guys even the fact that I was walking down the street and someone yells tinfoil hat to me, I, it, it still blows my mind. The power of the internet. There you go. Right? It's so nuts. Thank you for all the support.
2: I can only imagine what <coughs> they yell at me.
1: Wipe Aaron, they love yeah, you. Probably. I think everybody's in on it. Aaron, everybody man. knows you're great. <laughs> Guys, I will be at the Philly Punchline August 24th through the 26th. That is during the big Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight. They're actually going to go to the show, and then they're going to show the fight in the in the comedy club after my uh, Saturday show. So come hang out with me, and let's watch chaos ensue. Yeah, over-under on a race riot in Philly. Hey, dude, I'm all done. Yeah, that's great. Well, I do know, man. That was the great thing about... Uh, Bill Burr, when they didn't have a picture... Of, no, no. Was that Philadelphia? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Philly. Where they didn't have um, Smoking Joe Frazier up there, but they had something of a Rocky, who was a fake guy. That was great, dude. I love Philadelphia. I'm excited to be back. Come out. You guys can get your tickets at... Uh, where is it? Punchline. PhillyPunchline.com backslash Sam Tripoli. Go get your tickets now. And then Comedy Chaos is back August 29th. We've done five sold-out shows at... The main room of the comedy store, that's 400 seats, five in a row, sold out. Bam! Doing it. (laughs) We're doing good. Ah, that laugh is a man who's got shit going on. Who's our guest? Today's guest is a documentary filmmaker known for I Am
0: Comic, second film, I Am Road Comic, and today, talking about the one and only Jordan Brady.
1: Jordan, welcome to the show. Real quick. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you yeah. got a new movie coming out. We're super excited about I'm Battle Comic. Let's hear a little bit of the trailer right here. Enjoy.
2: Yeah, I don't think you're going to be receiving any direct fire on the plane. Okay. And if you do, you're going to need a lot more than the best okay. if you're on a plane when it happens. I've been here in July when it's stupid hot. I don't have to tell you guys. Yeah, last time I was here, I actually saw a camel go, son of a... Which is weird, in this part of the world, you wouldn't think the camels would even speak English.
1: Great joke. I've done Great six, six joke. USO tours. I did it three times in one George year, George.
2: you believe
3: sure. that? How many in countries Africa, have you Africa, been to? Okay. 39 yeah, or 40 right
2: now. You never know if the guy you're performing for is shaking your Sad hand, part. snapping the picture with, that your Facebook buddy today is gonna be there tomorrow. That's Afghanistan and Iraq are real.
3: Let fire a Patriot missile or two each.
2: Is that, no? Navy seems to be a go-to punchline when it's not the Navy. Or if it is the Navy, then the Air Force is a good punchline.
3: It's good, yeah. playful, fun between the branches. And hey, who, who do you make fun of? Oh, everybody okay. except for the Marines. And is the Coast Guard part of the military? Or is that like a club? It's a club, right? I it's mean, not really. Do. There's a pamphlet, you sign it, you color a turtle, you're in. I mean, it can't really be that hard to be in the coaster.
1: Yeah, that is the trailer. You can see the trailer on YouTube. Just put up I Am Battle Comic official trailer. Again, please welcome Jordan Brady to the show. Thanks How for are having you, my me. friend? I'm
3: great. First of all, let's get this out of the way I Am Battle Comic. Terrible name.
1: No. Oh, it's
3: a horrible name. It's I love confusing. It. Why? Uh, people think of the roast battle and they don't know what it no, is. No, you dude, and...
1: you're in the ba- you're in the battlefield, man. I personally <laughs> like it. So, Thank you. I'm okay. Cool good, to... good. Let's all put up positive vibes here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, positive. You're vibe. probably overanalyzing it. I was half kidding, it, by the way. <laughs> and you're trying to overanalyze. Like, let's let's <laughs> fucking enjoy. It. So, uh dude, tell me about the movie. Okay, so I am comic. I
3: am road comic. People have seen them, um, comics love them. I got asked to go entertain the troops in Afghanistan, Iraq, Kuwait. I said yes, and the only catch was I had to perform for like 15 minutes. Did you ever perform
1: before this?
3: Yeah, I was a comedian back in the first comedy boom of the 80s. I did it for many, many years, Hmm. but I hadn't done it in over 20 years, except for one of the I Am Road comic I did some some shitty stand-up. So I put a, a you know a shitty act together. I did some crowd work. You know, if you're on a base in Afghanistan and you go, "Hey, anybody from out of town?" Yeah, it actually gets a laugh.
1: Yeah, no wrong with that. Duly yeah. noted. Yeah. Duly noted. So
3: I, but the main purpose was to document the comics that were on this tour. Great guys, when Bob Kubota I had known for thirty years, Don Barnhart I had known for a long time, right. Jeff Capri I had met, and Slade Ham, the guy by the tree there, I had not met. We're like brothers now. I mean, you go on tour with someone like that, with a group of guys or women, you really bond.
1: I've done three or four of oh, these really? military tours. I love doing it. I've always felt guilty and not uh, about not joining the military. Uh, this so relieves
3: I, you of that guilt.
1: That, well, it makes me feel like I took, you know, because since I was a kid, I wanted to be a stand-up comic. From the moment I re- I realized I existed in the universe, that one moment where you self-realize and you're like oh, I'm I'm something in this world, I've always wanted to be a comic. But there's always some point, you know, you know, you got your, your grandfather fought in World War II and all yeah. this stuff, and you feel like this is right passage, and, you know, you didn't do it, probably because I'm a pussy, you know. So when I get asked to do it, I always say yes. I always do it. After doing this show, I don't know how much it'll let me do it after <laughs> that, but I've always really enjoyed it. One of my best experiences ever was going with Steve Byrne, Dove Davidoff, and Brian Callen, and we did we did everything. Man. Brian's
3: done a lot of them. Hasn't uh,
1: I, well, dude, he's the yeah. most entertaining dude I've ever met in my life. So we would show up. we go on these long flights, and it was very funny because you start from a modern airplane, and as you go farther and deeper into the Middle East, you, your airplanes get older and older until I, I felt like we were taking, like, 70s porno fucking <laughs> scene. I mean, like, the, the, the furniture looked like right off a porno from yeah. the 70s, you know? And you land and we're all jet lagged. And Steve, Dove and I, we're all just jet lagged. But who is on is Brian Kellen is fucking on dude. And everywhere we go, he starts putting on a show. And I'm like, and we're all like, thank God. Cause we are jet lagged. And you know, the whole purpose to be there is to meet and greet everybody and show your appreciation for what they're doing. So we're doing a show, and man, I've never seen this before. I i mean, I've have seen it with someone like Bill Burr or Joe Rogan where they have this huge following. But, you know, I introduced Brian Callen. He walks up to a standing O. That's wow. how well he put on a show. And And let's point out to the listener that the
3: troops revolve around the base. It's not like it's the same people. That are stationed on the same base. A year later, when Brian goes back, right. it's that his reputation has preceded
1: him. Yes, one hundred percent. So, and it's so interesting because each country you go to has its own kind of uh, rules to it. Like uh, in Kazakhstan, you can drink, but you they can't fool around. But in like Afghanistan, they can't drink, but they could totally hook up. You know, with the you know the guys and the girls on the base because you walk around some of the bases on uh, in Afghanistan, and you literally think you're at Arizona State University, right, right, but people have guns around them, which is my new fetish I got from their hot chicks with guns. Uh, but it's such an appreciation, and I've learned, and maybe you could talk about this a little about the more dangerous the base is, the more they appreciate the comedy.
3: The further away from the United States of America that you get, yes, the more they need relief, because it's a 24-7 job, and every day is like a Monday. You're just on patrol, and it's there's long stretches of boredom. Where nothing's happening, and then the shit hits, and you gotta be ready. So, the fact that we're coming over there, and like Don Barnhart was similar to Brian, that we'd walk in a room at 10 in the morning, he'd start shaking people, saying, Hey, where are you from? Where are the comedians? Start doing a show. And that was all new to me. I thought, Hey, you shake a few hands, you do a show at night. No, it's like from nine or 10 in the morning until six, you're going from unit to unit. Talking to the men and women that serve.
1: Yes. And it's, uh, you know, it's like we would play Frisbee football, whatever they need. I would wake up early, try to do the best I can to, you know, to show them appreciations. We went to some interesting, really cool bases. Like one was called camp phoenix and what i didn't realize until i got there is it was everybody from my home area it was basically this camp was full of everybody from upstate new york so it was the syracuse Cortland, where i'm from binghamton area and to the point where my brother went to the funeral of one of the people that were that had been stationed there way to bring it down
3: sam i'm sorry about (laughs) that but
1: but it was a small world so yeah and i'm still friends With the guys I met at that base like eight years ago, I'm in their fantasy football league.
3: That's exactly the point of the movie, that I used to think, I'm a pretty liberal guy, right? Hate the war. Well, we'll get into that, too. I want to talk to you about that. Hate the, you know, protested when my kids were little, when the first, you know, Bush went over. Right? Is that the first one? Yeah. The first Gulf War. And so I was wondering, like, how am I going to deal with this? because. But now I I don't see the troops as a big green blob. Yeah. I see them as individual men and women that fucking volunteered to do it. So yes. you can hate the the war, but they're over there now.
1: You can hate the foreign policy, but you can appreciate and show support of those who've put themselves in a position. And they didn't vote for the war. Yeah.
3: I mean, maybe some of them did. Yeah. But they didn't have that power. None of them do.
1: And as time goes on, we start realizing more and more that there's other stuff going on. And we've discussed this on this podcast, too, deep state stuff and all that. But that doesn't change the fact that most of those people joined for because uh, they love their country and for a better life. So, you know, in that, I really expect and I really love that. I uh, One of the funnest base I ever did was um, a base called Camp. Uh, uh, it was uh, Camp Alamo. Alamo. Which was because it was surrounded by all the locals, oh, and that's, right. uh, that's why they call it the Alamo. What and, country is that in? In Afghanistan, and we w- went there, and we were doing stand-up, and uh, halfway through, it was very interesting because you know it's a very it's a it's it's weird because the military is very formal in one sense that you know it's like there's very strict rules, which I get. You got to have people following the rules.
3: Don't make fun of the president. Are you talking about for the troops or for the comedians?
1: For uh, in sense of the environment that you're going into, yeah, 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 yeah. into you know, there's a very structured because you know they have a mission, and they have to have people, you know, and there's no room for you know, you know, kind of spitballing it. You know, everyone's got a job and everyone does that. But after I, I start realizing that these people, these these are kids, that these are. Kids like me and my friends growing up and we bust each other's balls and kinda how you talk about if you make fun of the Navy, if you're doing them uh, you know, the Marines and how they like, you know, I started busting these guys' balls and they I love kind it. Kinda stopped doing my act and kinda just started roasting everybody.
3: Well, the the best part for me was like back in the the day when I'd stand up, I did a lot of colleges. So I'd go to a campus, you pick up I mean, this is kinda hack, right? But you you pick up that college newspaper. You read a couple of things, you, you reference it, and they go wild. Like, he knows our school. This yeah, 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 genius. yeah, yeah. It's similar. Like, I went, there was this Dunkin' Donuts that was like a photo map.
1: Can you not talk about Dunkin' Donuts? We have Dream Donuts as the uh, sponsor. And, Only
3: and I said, you know what? We need to get them some Dream Donuts over here. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, but they had this uh, this place, and it was, uh, and I just that night said, you know, I got to go to the saddest dunkin donuts on the planet and the place erupted yeah like yo, he went over there today yeah. like what else did we do
1: today yeah. mm-hmm. you remember the simpsons they had that i was on route 455 oh my god i've been on that street. everybody
3: goes crazy right but what you did with when you recognize that you're from that same area you know that happened to me with these marines it turns out one of the guys was from the town that we filmed I Am Road comic is. So, in a way, it was like a little Easter egg yeah, for yeah, the yeah, audience yeah, yeah. who have seen all, like, this is the trilogy, right? Yeah. I Am Battle Comics kind of the return of the Jedi of the I Am Comics here Right. So I I implore the comedian fan, the comedy fan, to get all three. Maybe there'll be a box set someday. Yeah,
1: someday. But, where, but where can me, they get the movie, by the way? Well,
3: sure, I'll tell you that. <laughs> 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 Anywhere you consume uh, your digital downloads. iTunes is a go-to and before I forget, I do want to say that if you go to IamBattleComic.com, it takes you to where you can buy it, Amazon, Hulu, whatever you want to watch it on. But there's one link that says National Military Family Association. And if you want, you click on that link, and just about half the money will go to that charity. No, I res-
1: that's great, right? man. Now, is it in the movie industry... As a director, is it a golden era of movies in terms of the ability for you, in comedy, you know, I live and die off my internet presence and i love it like i love that i can put out content i reach my i don't need television i don't need this and that i can do it all myself is that the same thing with movies right now and being a director is the internet like just create this golden age of directing where you can create your own projects if you get the funding and you can put them out yourself
3: absolutely absolutely i am comic came out in 2010 and we sold it to Showtime, then it went to Netflix and iTunes, and we eventually got a distributor. And then I Am Road Comic, which is still available for $5 at IamRoadComic.com. Yes. I just put it out myself and said, fuck it. Yeah. And then I happened to get a deal with New Wave, who does a lot of yeah. comedy specials, yes. comedy dynamics. Yeah. And they got it on Netflix for a couple of years and great. iTunes and all these other places. Hulu, like Hulu was the money, if, I mean, if we're going to break it down. Yeah. Hulu was great. So I actually Is it not still? I don't know yet. I'll find out August 8th when oh. I am comic. I am a battle comic come Perfect. Out. Uh, but when I, you're, it's yes, yes. Because you can say, fuck you, put your film out. You know, everyone, God bless Louis C.K., like as a businessman making that $5 model, you know, part of me says, really? $5? You couldn't have gone in at 10 <laughs> or $15. Like, some of us need the extra $7, yeah, right? Yeah, I get it. But still, that sort of. Talking directly to your fans, I I bow down that he built that for us because it's not just for comedians. It's for filmmakers. Right. And then I, I had I am battle comic up for a while at I am dot com. I was going to release it a month or so ago, but I hooked up with my old distributor and they helped me with this charity angle. I went to seven cities. When will this be out right now?
1: Dude, it's, as soon as we get done, I go home. I upload it. home. Tomorrow boy. night
3: in San Antonio, we're screening at the Alamo Draft House. Oh, awesome! All that Slade Ham will be there doing the Q and A. That'll be our eighth city that we did. All the money to charity.
1: Oh, that's great, man. So we
3: paid for the theaters. We, uh, my production company, we just we went to Detroit. We went to Dallas, Houston, uh, Minneapolis. We just would go for a night, Q and A, give it to charity, and the distributor has. They said, we recognize your goal. I wanted to raise $50,000 for charity. I'm at twenty five right now. Oh, great. Twenty five dollars It's not very...
1: 25000
3: oh, no. $25,000 <laughs> 25, uh, for charity. So, you know, if you click on that link, you're helping out the cause. Well, if help If you, you click out. on other links, you're just helping out. I am BattleComic.com. I got That's one question.
0: Need. Am I going to cry? Because documentaries almost always make me cry. And...
3: Seven minutes in, yes. Oh, shit. Okay. Seven, Seven minutes in, you're going to cry, and at the end... I've had vets come up, like Vietnam vets, come up and say thank you because they didn't get the welcome home that, that we now as civilians give people. Yeah. I've had officers in the crowd stand up and go, turn, instead of asking a question at the Q&A, they turn to the crowd and go, that's what it's like over there. Hell yeah. And that's then, uh, so great, dude. tear up. But there's that's jokes. That's
0: fucking it's
1: great, funny. ma'am. That's fucking pretty great. funny.
0: That's awesome. When Sam said we were having a documentary filmmaker on, I was like, oh, I know what we can talk about.
1: Yeah, and for so sure. we're
0: about <laughs> to get into it.
1: Yeah, let's Bring get it. into this.
0: That's right. So, today's topic is going to be something that you might have seen if you've gone down the YouTube well and watched endless videos of conspiracies. Eventually, this is going to pop up on you. But, what we're talking about today is the concept of pareidolia.
1: Paradolia, I'm trying to find it. Paradolia. Is that said? Yeah. Have Heredolia. you heard of this?
0: Have you heard no, of this?
3: Paradolia.
0: It's a psychological phenomenon in which the mind responds to an image or sounds by perceiving familiar pattern where none exists. It's like when you look in clouds and you see, like, oh, there's an alligator and there's, like, my yeah. stepmom. So when people watch films, they see things in the background. They see certain things that just oh, doesn't. Yeah. Th- they see underlining themes and they begin to, like, Perceive and analyze it to the point like where, Jesus
1: in the toast. Yeah, you, yeah. Or look at this, like in the moon, right? They start seeing like the on, the on the moon, moon or on ah. Mars. Oh, there's a face. It's got to mean aliens and stuff like that. There's a lot of that in the conspiracy theory world, and uh, especially when it comes to conspiracies in movies, where you start almost wanting to find something instead of seeing it and it's and uh, what is actually going on. Totally. Um, so uh, we want to we want to have you on. We've been wanting to do a movie about conspiracies and movies and uh, and stuff like that. And I think one of the uh, the, the the I don't know where he falls on your uh, uh, Mount Rushmore or list of your favorite directors. But Stanley Kubrick is one of my favorites. Oh, one uh, of the best. One of the best ever. One do of the it best. like such a intellectual guy, almost to the point of like seems almost tortured in a weird way. He was so smart, and it's like. I'm almost happy I'm not that smart. You It'd know, be a burden, a, wouldn't it? It would would just be like yes. to be able to overanalyze every moment of everything, and you know, I know Aaron, who is our uh, resident skeptic of everything, says he's not a big Stanley Kubrick fan. No thoughts, thoughts, Aaron. Uh,
2: you know, I don't. As a guy who went to film school, I don't feel it's right to torture actors, um, particularly Shelley Long in The Shining, um, and I've just never really. I don't really connect with his movies on an emotional level the
1: way. Like, that who, what, what movies I do, do you with c- connect with? Like, th- th- like which one? The Despicable uh, Despicable well, Me. I just saw a Lion,
2: that you know, that made me cry. That's, That's a good one. one. That's
1: yeah, a good lion. one. That's a good one. Do you yeah. have any? Uh, do you have Jordan any um, favorite Stanley Kubrick
3: movie? I you know two thousand one to this day. Oh man. We still talk about. I watch it with my my grown children. I still don't understand the baby. I, the fact that it sparks conversation I really admire that.
0: Oh yeah, that's a uh, I used to watch that on Acid a lot.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and you don't even need to be on Acid for the last part yeah. of that film because it's like a free trip and the way that everything is just constantly in high like just in focus it yeah, you can pick parts of that film out nonstop. And the
3: shi- the shiny we were just talking about it today cuz they shot uh I think they did the mm. exteriors at Mount Hood. I'm in Oregon. I've been Washington. Oregon, yeah. 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 Uh, but then the rest on a soundstage. And that's Shelley Long behind the scenes of him tormenting her. I say whatever it takes to get the performance. <laughs> <laughs> like It's like well, Michael Jackson. If he has to sleep with children. Yeah. To, to give the world those
1: songs. Yeah. It's worth it. Well, great art comes great war crime. So it you know so it? So be it. So fucking be it. One of the most... Um, one of the most uh, analyzed movies, in particular with when it comes to conspiracies, is The Shining. And uh, I love The Shining. I loved it from the start when it's it like, man, this guy is twisted. There's so much crazy shit that is involved with it. A lot of people think that The, the Shining was, in fact, uh, basically about the uh, Native American genocide.
0: Yeah. And talk the- about how the hotel is built of an uh, Indian burial
3: ground. Oh, Really?
0: Yeah, and there's yeah, imagery I'm throughout it. They have a, he was very detail oriented. And so he like painstakingly went through and had Indian uh, type of references. And one of the key ones is calumet, and that's a baking powder. And that's what's in the storage room when they're getting like the show around.
3: But and, it's also a very popular bake. I mean, if, if yeah. I'm playing Devil's no, Advocate, no. it's. A, you can play? It's a, it's a, it was that or Arm and Hammer. There exactly. are no other brands.
0: Well, the interesting thing is calumet means peace pipe. And so this is like a uh-huh. reference to the broken promise of peace
1: that the European right. nations And here brought. we go. We're putting pieces together. Yeah. Are we overanalyzing this? I don't know. We're not the first one to do this. But there's so much stuff within The Shining that is a reference to Native Americans. Totally. Yeah. And well, there's a foundation
0: for this for Kubrick. He read a book called Subliminal Subduction. And that whole i th- I've read book, that book. You read Have
3: that? you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in advertising, there's a lot of— Subliminal things, especially you, know, you can Photoshop, even pre-Photoshop that you would, digi- you would layer in old school.
0: So, yeah, he applied these type of like concepts as opposed to using sexual or like overending themes. He used the idea of stuff in the background because he was all about focus. He was all about feel the depth being a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. You know what that's like. So he used that and spun it for The Shining.
1: And have you seen the movie uh, Room 237? No, I have not seen that. It's very interesting. A lot of this information we're getting is from the movie that's on Netflix as we speak. And there is a lot of, what's the word called? Pareidolia. Pareidolia. There is some stuff involved with that. Like there's one scene which they talk about how he put his face in the clouds. So and like I didn't see I was like waiting uh, nobody for saw everyone's yeah. like uh, and I think that movie is really good about showing that that there's some very interesting stuff but there's some crazy people out there that are overanalyzing like every aspect of this movie, you know, Definitely. but there are, you know, there's a lot of Native American imagery within this movie, uh, Native Americans on the wall, Native Americans in pictures. Again, the, the, uh, the baking soda that you said could be one of everything. It's like individually by itself, it pro- might not mean anything, but when you put all these little pieces together Maybe something's there, right. maybe we're just overanalyzing it. So
0: it's it. built on an Indian burial ground, and that infamous elevator scene where the blood just comes oh, out, yeah. Well, the concept is the elevator shaft would actually be into the burial ground itself, so right. it's like a metaphorical blood of the Indians. So and I mean, it never
1: opens, which is a very interesting thing. The blood comes out from a closed, a closed elevator shaft. This definitely made me take a second look at The Shining, but I mean... Moving
0: beyond that, it's on a basis of historical atrocities that humans have done. Not just the genocide of the Native Americans, but this has a reference in ways towards the
1: Holocaust. And, well, there's a real quick before we move on from the Native American thing is the axe itself is a symbolism of Native Americans. When he's like pounding through the door that that's kind of like, you know, the fucking the tommyhawk. Yeah, 100 Tommy yeah, percent. It's so interesting like yeah. all this like tiny little image where everything within the scenes are interesting and then it's like you know there's a scene where there's a chair behind a guy and then you come back and the chair is gone.
0: Yeah, and his and attention he, to detail wouldn't allow continuity error like that to happen. But, right? And yeah, it's
1: yeah, like yeah, yeah. No, almost of it wha- uh, uh, it's almost a symbolism of the breaking of the, the the deal with the Native Americans. Like we had a deal and then the deal was gone.
3: What about the woman in the shower? Like doesn't Jack's character see her as beautiful and young, and then they're kind of making out, and she's
1: turns into a dead. dead body. Yeah. yeah, what's what's that? This is weird. For yeah. weird's sake, or well, there were, they did talk about that. What did well about the sexualization of ghosts? There was something about sexualization and imagery and all that stuff. It's <sighs> The way we like we make love to the dead, you
0: know, the way we like look back at the past and we try to like sexualize it and fantasize it to be
1: something bigger than it was oh yeah it's just weird stuff about how there's like there's no past it only it only exists in our brains that there's no real well that i believe you know that we only hold on to certain (laughs) things based on what our uh, you know our our own thoughts and our cognitive abilities totally it's so interesting, dude. It's so, and then there's a lot, you know, he's very affected by the Holocaust, as you were talking earlier, a lot of imagery and in, in numbers involving the Holocaust in a lot of his movies, not just The Shining, but in a lot of his movies. Yeah, the, the typewriter
0: that he uses in this film is an alder, and that's a German typewriter. I mean, he would do attention to detail right down to that, and alder means eagle. And there's eagle on a shirt. There's Mm -hmm. eagle statues. This is a reference to the war eagle of Germany, but also similarities to the eagle of American culture. And so in the freezer, there's like this image. I mean, this is definitely people reading into it, but it is what it is. There's all these like meat that's just stacked onto shelves. And there's this famous photo of the Holocaust of people just the full on victims just. Stacked, body, the shelves. stacked up. Dead yeah. bodies stacked up, yeah. It's it's like underline. It's, an it's crazy. Industry.
3: Well, like in that book that you brought up, I think I think it's in that book, there was a very famous like uh I think it's the Denny's clam fried clam dinner special <laughs> that people have said is an orgy hmm. with like a farm animal and just naked people all people piled getting up. weird. But it's the clam it's the clam platter. And it's that kind of, so is it really – like someone took the time to put that in there? Or the camel cigarettes? You've, you know that one, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a, a do naked with man erection, with a boner standing arms akimbo, and that's – he's facing backwards, and that's part of the camel. And then you have to jump off the cliff and go, well, yeah, if there's a man with a boner, that's going to make me smoke.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's like if you think about it, like let's say you're a Denny's guy, right? You're the Denny's yeah. photographer. Like you didn't go to college. To be the Denny's photographer. Well, yeah, You're like, fuck, I'm man, I gotta, make, I gotta pay some bills, I gotta make shit work. You know, I'm gonna put a little, <laughs> I'm gonna put a farm orgy in this fucking, yeah. this, this fucking oatmeal or whatever you said it was, man, you know? Fried clams. Fried clams. Fried I'm gonna clams. show people bone and farm animals. <laughs> and that's like how I'm gonna get back at the fact that I'm a Denny's photographer. Now, if there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, it's like sometimes we see that a lot in, like, Disney cartoons and all this animation, these major movies where, like, there's this whole, like, counterculture movement where there's all these phallic symbols and stuff like that. Because oh, yeah,
3: I just, there was one in The Lion King. I just saw this. I mean, that's probably animators having a little fun. That's just yeah. good, naughty behavior.
1: Yeah, but then why wouldn't that apply to the guy doing Denny's pictures? Like, why wouldn't well, you want to... Like, just rage against the machine.
3: Well, I think, Sam, with all respect, as a guest on the show, the, uh, there's a difference between an animator with a pen and ink drawing some subliminal message right. versus a guy taking camels. fried clams and moving around You don't the know, plate.
1: dude. To that guy, that is his yeah, animation. Yeah. And he that is some his people. Picasso. We're talking about it. Yeah. yeah. He's like, dude, I got this job at Denny's. I fucking, fuck it. I'm am a I'm a house of pancakes guy. I'm going to fucking put dude's boning animals in the fucking oatmeal. Uh,
3: By the way, I have another. uh, It's not a conspiracy, but I was preparing for the show. Okay. Okay. You know, as a filmmaker, I do a lot of commercials. That's my bread and butter. I'm a commercial filmmaker. And I've done commercials for Popeye's Chicken. Yes. And so I I thought this was loosely related to the show. So if you go into a lot of places, especially in the south, there's a Popeye's Chicken on the corner. And you know what's usually across the street? Church's fried chicken. Have you heard of that? It's, a, it's yeah. more of a Yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah. Church's fried. And people live and die like, no, we're Popeye's people. Yeah. Fuck you. We're churches. Yeah. I'm never going to Popeye's. I'm going to church. Yeah. Yeah. They're owned by the same company.
1: Really? Holy
3: shit. Same corporate. They don't care. They sit back and go, y'all fight. Y'all yeah. fight over the chicken. They'll do price wars, right? Like, put some pieces and prices on the sign and get everybody all upset. Then we'll match it across the street in a week. They're yeah. getting paid either way. right?
1: Subliminal. So
3: well, I don't know if that's subliminal.
1: That well, it's something. Conspiracy. Psychological. Psychological, yeah. Warfare. <laughs> yeah. On chicken people. <laughs> on chicken lovers. Right? So undertone. back to the Speaking of warfare, <laughs> Summer of 42 is the, there's a scene in which uh,
0: Danny, the son, he's watching a film with, with his mom what's weird is they're watching this TV and it's in the center of a room and the TV has no cord. And they're watching this film called The Summer of 42. And what's interesting about 42 is 1942 was the year that the Germans had the final solution for the extermination of the Jews. Oh, man. So that's where this brings us into, like, some weird... And, I mean, he wouldn't just choose anything. Like, why did he choose that? The title alone. Like, no one was going to picture... There's no real theme in that film that has anything to do... With the shining isolation, yeah. so it's one of these things that when people read into it, I'm like, oh, all right, because there I, is something to it. Because I really don't like The Shining. Like I watched it and I was bored. Out, I was bored out oh. of my mind the first time I saw it, and now rewatching it through the eyes of like weirdos that overanalyze. Hey, it, there I'm are like, listeners. Hey, <laughs> you guys are weirdos. One no of the first it, uh, lovable
1: lunatics, man.
3: One of the first uh, Steadicam uses yeah. usages. Usages? I yeah. do like
0: yeah. it. Like, yeah, sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah. yeah, the cinematography is cool. Yeah. The, the feeling of like...
2: Yeah, he basically invented the, the steady cam on that film. For that film. Yeah. And later used on Rocky hmm.
3: to go up the stairs.
2: Ah. Not so, possible. What's that? Yeah. Rocky was out in 76. Shining's
3: 1980. Sorry. Ah. Oh, snap. So, so there we go. Ha. Yeah.
2: yeah. Look um, who strikes back. When was Practice. this movie, The Summer of 42, out? If it's out in 79 when he's shooting the movie... Maybe that's why it's there. I mean, you know. Well, why would he television. put it there?
1: I mean, it's the number 42. So 42, the, this this. Uh, he has a production
2: designer, too. I mean.
1: Hold on, dog. There's a lot to 42, <laughs> bud. Okay? So 42. Jackie Robinson, Jackie Robinson, Robinson
2: right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, okay. The
0: room that the whole shining takes place, Kubrick changed this famous room in the film. It used to be room 217. Right. Which is interesting because Stephen King is all about details, too.
1: Oh, yeah, there was a lot about that.
0: And I've been a big King fan. I've read almost all his books. I read The Shining. I liked the book. I didn't like the movie as much. Neither did he. Oh, he hated it. And so that's why Stephen he's like, King hated it. Stephen King hated it because so he didn't read, do the details. you read King, Aaron?
2: Yeah, I haven't read The Shining. I've okay, so bunch,
0: the number 19 is key in Stephen King's books because of the gunslinger nowadays, what's about to come out, The Dark Tower. It's all about the number 19. So 2 plus 17 is 19. And Mm -hmm. so he's like, You're taking away because the shining has something to do with the dark tower. So he's like, Nah, mine's going to be 237. Okay. Two times three times seven is 42.
3: Mine significantly blown.
0: Yes. (laughs) Now, in 1969, the measured distance of the moon was 237,000 miles.
3: Uh That ties in a little better for me. It's now been properly
0: measured to 238. Well, well, yeah, fuck lasers. Yeah, but this is what they knew.
3: No, but see, it's like uh, just the other day, what's the restaurant? Uh, Outback Restaurants. Have you seen that? It, oh, if yeah, dude. Plot, yeah. If you plot them on a map, you can make a pentagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, Pentagram. Man.
1: We were talking about that the other and, day. And
3: it's like, okay, well, you could also draw what's a bunny the word? with a heart
1: on. Powerdilia. Paradelia. Uh, Paradelia, huh? dude. You're fucking trying to find patterns where they may not be. Uh, resident skeptic, you've been trying to jump in. I jump in. I can see someone say something. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Jordan, you know this
2: from your work as well. I mean, and I know this from the countless things I've done that mistakes happen. And, you know, continuity errors happen no matter what. Yeah,
3: they but you're busy. Dude, forgot to plug the television. If you're
2: in. busy tormenting Shelly Long. <laughs> Maybe you don't see that. I don't
1: know. I don't know. He just seems like everything, he was like all about environment, all about all about messages, that everything, he just seemed like someone who's consumed with detail.
2: And uh, I would like to see people who talk this much about this movie analyze.
1: You want to know how many cats them. they own or some shit no, like that? No, 47. Well, Yeah. That, yeah. Well, what Two, about 22. the baby? 42.
3: What about the baby at the end of uh, Space Odyssey? What about the baby? The big baby floating around. I I don't want to spoil it for anybody listening that hasn't seen it.
1: No, it's fine. It's like a rebirth.
3: It's a rebirth.
0: That 2001 Space Odyssey is interesting because, I mean, that came out May 12, 1968. Uh, July 20th, 19. You two weren't born. No, definitely. You weren't weren't even thought of. No. I was in some balls somewhere, maybe. (laughs) Two. Some stale balls. (laughs) But uh, The Shining was a secret way of letting the world know something, and that is the Apollo landing, Apollo 11, was the first space flight that landed humans on the moon July 20th, 1969. Theorists, not such me, but they think that 2001 was a research in a way to fake the moon landing. And this is like It if was you, like a practice run. Definitely. That's what they think. Now, there's some crazy-ass shit. Let's what ties it. all that together is front screen projection, and that was a pretty new turn. Yeah. It was pretty new, and he w- he mastered it in 2001. And Front
3: screen or rear screen?
0: I th- think it's front screen. Okay. Yeah, and that's where people find a lot of similarities with the actual moon landing photos and video because it has something just a little too on. <laughs>
1: So, weird. so, this is the kid in the movie. Oh, look at that. Right? Yeah, this and is Danny. This is, Danny in the movie has his sweater on in a particular scene. And the sweater is the Apollo. And he's right Apollo outside, 11. Apollo 11, right outside of room 237, which we know is reference to what we believe is the moon.
0: I mean, th- this movie came out in 1980. That means it was shot, like, 79, maybe right. early 70s. May Why is he wearing a sweater from the Apollo 11, 1969? Like, who wears commemorative
2: handmade he's a, sweaters? He's a child in the 70s, <laughs> I mean, if I may. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's definitely weird. And here's here's the way that they think... Did, was, did
1: Stanley Kubrick bang your mom? Why do you hate him so much? I don't. Why do uh, you hate him so much? But
2: yeah, I, there's so many better movies out there. Definitely. I have a problem with him and Scorsese. So. Really? Yeah, I
0: do.
1: Oh, well, dude, you but... are pissing people off. Well,
0: they say that uh, Kubrick found a way to speak through his character, Jack, Jack Nicholson. And in this quote, it was like a way of him saying directly to his wife or to whoever knew of the moon landing hoax that he may or may not have been involved with. And the quote is straight up from Jack. The, the owners have placed their complete confidence and trust in me, and that I have signed a letter of agreement, a contract, in which I've accepted that responsibility. Do you have the slightest idea what a moral and ethical principle is? Has it ever occurred to you what would happen to my future if I was to fail to live up to my responsibilities?
3: Yeah. Ooh, trying to tell everybody, hey, I faked the moon landing, but I can't talk about I, it. I can't
1: mm-hmm. tell you that, because they'll kill everybody Instead, I know. Instead,
3: I'll make a special sweater for a youngster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's definitely worth a
0: view yeah. uh, the 237's uh, it can drag on But it had some interesting shit in there To where I was like, okay, I'll give it Shining in a second But <laughs>
3: isn't it just that he was being relevant To the time And, and by making that's Apollo their, 11 that hasn't happened yet out. It's like If you know If you're making a movie and you know it's going to come out in the next year You don't use five-year-old flip phones Right? You get whatever the latest is So it'll hold up hmm. as a visual prop So maybe that's all it was it's it's like hey the movie's coming video. out next year. Uh, let's just go with Apollo 11.
2: Paradigm. Yeah, or or the the kid is you know he's at that point in in his elementary school he's probably being taught about space and about the moon landing and Neil Armstrong and
3: Well, so I'm he old might enough. might be super into it. I'm old enough to tell you when the Apollo missions would take place. Yes. Every school classroom would stop whatever was happening. Right. And you would bring a TV in on a cart, and sometimes, like when I was in grade school, the I was from a small, poor town in Ohio. We would put the TV in the gymnasium, and we would all gather around the whole school.
1: You know, watch oh yeah. the Apollo. It was a liftoff. huge thing. Big that's why when the Apollo blew up, which may or may not have happened, but the Challenger, the Challenger, when the Challenger blew up, and there's a the theory that they're all alive, but that's another episode. Um... That was such a big deal, a big deal. And I remember kids in the class not being able to comprehend that blowing up and making jokes about it and our our science teacher teed off yeah, on us. He's like, you guys will never do anything close to what they did. And I was like, God damn. But
3: now we know that the moon landing happens. Like We've seen it
1: what? live, right? Uh, I don't know, dog. <laughs> We have theories on this show. But but is the theory that we still fake it? Here's a theory. My opinion is either we've never gotten through the Van Allen belt and it's all black ops fucking money grabs or we're on every single planet. There's no in between. I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. That's just my opinion, man. It I mean, is- that is just my dude, I am so into space. I don't know if you follow these whole feeds with these satellites, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen they catch weird ass shit flying by? And now there's this new thing that this photo just came out about the sun and they had a solar flare. And you could see like some weird like triangular thing in the corner, and then they put it out with it blocked out. But somebody was able to catch it, and it's this weird, like... Hanging Munchkin. No, it's <laughs> no. not the Hanging Munchkin. <laughs> it's not the Hanging Munchkin, dude. I thought that's where you are going. No, we're going there, though. <laughs> we are going there. Definitely. Uh, if you want to get into the Wizard of Oz or you want to talk about... Sure, oh. so let's talk about it. Okay, so, so the Wizard is of Oz... Well, that's a good one, though. We'll get into that in two seconds. The Wizard of Oz, there's so much darkness that yeah. people talk about with the vi- Wizard of Oz. And one of the biggest things... Is that there is a munchkin that is in this scene here? To
0: us, to us. It's a
1: silhouette and it's supposed to be him hanging. Now, if you watch this video, there's something going on way in the back. There's That's some... a
3: wren. It looks like a wren, a giant bird, land bird. Because, because, because,
0: because yeah. Right? Whoa, it's a pelican.
3: Well, it's a, it's a wren, but it, you could say oh, it's a pelican.
0: Whoa, <laughs> I never seen the wings open. That's awesome. You think right? it's a pelican? Yeah, hey, did you see those wings? No, open I think it's
3: wing?
1: a
0: wren. Really? Yeah.
1: So you don't think it's a hanging munchkin? Well, no, it, it not this
3: version.
0: Yes, I've I, you know, I've yeah, heard know about there's those two versions. Yeah, there's
3: Yeah, there's two around. different versions.
1: Okay, so where is the other version? I don't know.
3: We'll find oh, it. Oh, there it is right there on your uh, YouTube. Where? The true the second one. This one? No, one above it.
1: There you go. All right, let's see this one. Oh, I know what's going to happen. We're going to get an advertisement on this. Okay, Suicide Theory of One, the Munchkins. Here we go. The Wizard of Oz, Suicide Munchkin. It says, Wizard of Oz, 1939. Is that movie this old? 1939? Oh, yeah, 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 it's old. That's like I was in seventh grade. (laughs) This movie always
3: scared me, by the way. Really? Oh, yeah, The Witch. Ooh, and those monkeys.
1: Creepy music. To this day. So weird. Another version came out later, which I'll show you in a few months. Oh!
0: It's definitely hanging and swinging. See him swinging version.
1: now? Oh, yeah, for sure. Thoughts, Aaron? He's blown. Speechless. I we mean,
2: I, the quality's so poor on that. I don't,
1: Aaron, hey. that was just rude. <laughs> hey, there's I mean, other things. At this point, you're just f- fighting us. I know the
0: next one we're going to talk about is one of your favorite films, Aaron. I, can, I definitely know.
3: I, I did, know. did some research on this one. Okay. Okay and this this clip the truth about the suicidal munchkin points it out that someone went in when they bought a vhs tape like in the uh, i think it was in the 80s -hmm. and they painted that in and for its day it's really fucking awesome trickery but if you watch closely you can even see when the scarecrow's head goes in front it's a little Wompy. A little wompy, a little poor. And the wren's wing goes behind it. So it's like putting a Band-Aid in Photoshop over it. What? The, yeah.
0: Can see, we always
1: have this see, creepy backwards real
0: music while we talk? Can we just like
1: <laughs> always have that? Uh, that should be the show. Just creepy ass fucking.
3: Oh. So that's the version without it. That's the original. And then some jo- uh, jolly jokester put in the suicidal munchkin to spur this kind of conversation.
1: Now, is it the director Hold of on. This? You're saying someone just took a VHS tape, put this in it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, basically. Someone like in an effects house or, you know, it's like Photoshop, right? And you go frame by frame. It's, it's how we do effects.
1: I don't know.
3: Oh, no, no. I'm telling you, I, I watched this one yesterday preparing for the image. program.
2: I, thought, I always thought the, uh, the suicidal munchkin was earlier when it was just the scarecrows in the background. And that was I always thought that was where that hmm. was allegedly... That, that now, is it the shot? director of the no. film
0: or actually Frank Baum, whose son committed suicide by hanging? Because ah. that's where the weirdness oh, comes into. I don't know that. Was, yes. That's where the whole myth falls out of. Hmm. Yeah.
3: I don't well, know that one.
0: So no. let's let's get on to the next one because I know oh, Aaron's going to like this one. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, there's a scene in it where you see Indy and he's in like a temple. Mm-hmm. And this was made by George Lucas, and he put a little Easter egg in there. Because not all the things that directors put into films are, like, you know, evil and creepy and weird. Some of them are just, you know, tongue-in-cheek. And this is one of them where in the hieroglyphics you can see on the the little pillar that it's 3CPO and R2-D2. Make it's go. so cool. Yeah.
2: I think it's so fun.
0: And I know there's some super Star Wars nerds that probably have that exact hieroglyphic tattooed on them. Somewhere. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> if you guys have it, please, please send it to us. I'll
3: <laughs> pay for some donuts, some uh, yeah. dream donuts.
0: You get your dream go, donuts go as your next gig
1: if you send us your tattoo of R2-D2 and CP3L, who I believe was the first gay superhero, by the way. Thoughts. <laughs> Thoughts. <laughs> Thoughts. I'm into it. Okay, I Disney Disney. Always, I mean, he was a gay robot, right? Yeah. I
2: mean,
3: we why... Right? Gay-bot, Gaybot is the official term. Gaybot, I mean,
1: go! He's a droid. He's a, a droid. He's the first droid with uh, <laughs> a... Uh, adjustable asshole. <laughs> was that rude? I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So Next we're gonna,
0: one. We're moving forward in 1999. A film called The Matrix came oh, out. Oh, yeah. Now, this has a little bit of a tie-in to a future uh, episode we're going to do. But uh, when Neo gets arrested by the agents, and they have him in the... Uh, the room where they're getting what are they? What's that called? Interrogation. There Interrogation you go. There room. You go, Aaron. Yeah. So real quick, you would miss it, but someone's actually like photographed it, turned it around so you can see it. They have all his papers and his documents, and it's his passport. And on his passport it's says that the expiration date and this movie came out in ninety yeah. nine. Is September eleventh, two thousand one.
3: Wow. That's Paradopolis. Parad- Paradipotus. What's that? Per- Paradology yeah. Paradelia. Paradelia.
1: Paradelia. We're making shit. That's Paradelia right stuff.
3: there. Well, no, it might be true. It might have been influ- It might have influenced the filmmakers. Oh, so no,
1: no, I'm, no. You're talking precognitive. Precognitive. Yes. Precognitive art. I think We're, that's what this is. And let's exp- explain what that is to our listeners and our viewers. Uh, basically, the theory is that an event is so big, it's like a like a pebble dropping into the pond of time. And it causes a ripple effect that both affects the future and the past.
0: And the Wachowski brothers are sisters now, as they're known. Siblings.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: siblings, w- Wachowski siblings. I knew them
1: back in the day. I yeah. knew them when they were filming this. They were they they were two of the nicest people I've ever met, and they would always give me updates on it. And they're like, "Dude, you love kung fu?" I'm like, "Yeah, I love." This kung Fu. This is going to be huge. He's like, "Dude, we're getting back to kung fu." I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" So they were staying at my uh, at my hotel I was valeting at at the time, and they would give me break breakdowns. And I I didn't understand how big the movie was going to be, and I don't think anyone did. And it just boom blew yeah, up out it was of nowhere. Huge. So the whole idea is that 9-11 was such a big event that it had a ripple effect both in the future and the past. And that would explain if you just want to sit down and take a look at it because some people want to go, oh, this video game, it has 9-11 in it. That means that they knew about it or maybe they were just affected by the ripple. Yeah, these
0: are artists. We're all artists here. Aaron's an audio artist we're we're closer to he's a stuffed crust
1: pizza artist.
0: We have our ear onto like the rail a of consumer. of like the the deeper sides of things. You're tapped you know? in. Yeah. And so who who knows maybe you just picked up a signal and you decided that's what you're going to do but it's weird one way or the other. I mean
3: I believe it was you know. the philosopher Carl Jungi. Yeah. I don't hope I'm saying that right. Carl Jung. Yeah. Carl Jung. Who said Close that enough. that the artist must sacrifice his or her normal life to be able to tap into something bigger. And represent mankind as a whole.
1: Interesting. And,
3: yeah. So, and whether you set out to do that consciously, or you allow that to happen, I think that's what happens in great art—that you're have... tapping in. And then, uh, right before the show, I was telling you my belief of time is not that it in there is no time. Right. We invented time to measure the day to day. The you know the mathematics of time helps us keep tracks of shit. Right. But really, it may things may be going forward, backwards, sideways, inside itself, or like like a black hole of time. Yes. Right. So I'm not saying they predicted
1: 9/11. 9-11 by
3: putting Neo's passport to expire on September 11th. But somehow that date ended up could be coincidental. Could be, could coincidental. be that like, hey, that's going to be a big thing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I believe in, uh, dude, this podcast has opened my mind to so much. To Who knows time? Is it linear? Is it just, is it like a, um, is it like a book where just, you know, the years are stacked and you can go from one page to another if you dig through? I mean, it's such an interesting thing. Well, look at, look at uh, a tribe. I like hip hop music, right? Yeah, I think we all do. Tribe Called
3: Quest comes out with an album long before Trump is president. One of the best tracks is about Donald Trump. They didn't predict that he was going to. He was in the zeitgeist, and as artists, they were tapped into it. Or, uh, or Jay-Z's new album has a song called uh, The Story of O.J. Long before he got released, and he's writing this song, what, probably seven, eight months ago recording it. But it's so on point now for like, race relations. And, and, and there's a guy on the Internet that tried to dissect that music video. He's like, look— He's in front of a a postcard of Florida holding up orange juice trying to say to O.J., hey, you're nothing but uh, orange juice. And I was like, well, maybe his initials are O.J. Yeah. And people called him the juice. Again, we're getting
1: back to people who (laughs) like to find stuff and what they are. Or the theory is that maybe... Uh, Donald Trump has a time machine. Have you heard this theory? No. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard this theory? That Donald Trump's father worked with Tesla, and one of the things Tesla had was was the plans to a time machine. And there's this whole Reddit theory. Wow. (laughs) That, dude, that Donald Trump, that's why Donald Trump can predict everything, is because he has a time machine.
3: It only goes like seven minutes into the future, though. That would be hilarious. It's like the prototype.
0: That would be hilarious. Please, meme makers make the Sam (laughs) Tripoli. Did you know Donald Trump has a time machine meme? I got to see that one.
3: I had a, uh, back in the day, used to actually have to go to a, A pot dealer's house. Oh, yeah. And sit there and listen to these bullshit theories. (laughs) Whereas now it's like buying a Slurpee or if you had Speedweed yeah one of our sponsors
1: speedweed.com for all your weed needs in los angeles and they bring the weed to you yeah it's a wonderful these service. kids have it made it's <sighs> unbelievable like we used to have to go to a bad section of town meet a guy named paco on the corner of rape and murder yeah and then we sure. would get a bag and it would have to pick through it for fucking seeds and branches Stems, yes because we didn't want to explode in our fucking faces <laughs> Now well, you, this guy, you this get,
2: dealer ahead. he you he'd... can get that weed delivered to you yes. and then hear the conversation on Tinfoil Hat.
1: Yes. For free. Okay. And it's better weed. It's better weed and it's be- better weed conversation. And Absolutely. Yeah, but these I, kids haven't made. They get so sensitive over words and jokes. If they literally let it go, they'd have it perfect. You can hump anything you want now, and nobody judges you. You can fucking oh, do you guys hear the new theory that's out there? Oh and I've been talking about this on stage that Adam and Eve didn't get didn't get kicked out of the fucking Garden of Eden because they ate an apple. They left because the devil knocked up. Eve, which means that Adam and Eve could have been in a cuckling. Anybody? Thought of it? <laughs> <Jesus Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new I joke. Had nowhere, I had Whoa. no
3: idea where you're going with that. But no, hey, the we. So my old weed dealer, rest <laughs> uh, hey, rest in peace. He talked to me oh, one died? time. Yeah, yeah, he died. He died. He, uh, good guy. But he had this whole. Weed thing. dealers are good dudes. He was a great dude. Tough, great dude. Big heart. Tough business. But he it, and he was. uh... Well, he talked about these lizard people under the White House. And dude, he went to a convention and I said, our homeboy. I said, maybe you shouldn't tell anybody other than me. About
1: <laughs> well, dude, there's a lot of correlations between, uh, if you you know, that lizard people are out there, the involvement of lizard people, uh, the, you know, the talking of hell. Hell was created as a way to... You ever hear of uh, hollow earth theory? Oh, sure. Have you heard of that the entrance to the... Uh, the Earth is through a- the White House. Art, no, Antarctica, and there's certain parts you can't go into. And uh, there's Admiral Byrd, and he's this famous journal that his kids found that he wrote about how he got in a fight with Nazis and UFOs. But think about this: What is hell, man? What is hell? Hell, whether whatever religion you talk yeah. about, this damnation place, which is in the center of Earth, which is what uh uh habited by demons. Let's just say lizard people. What if lizard people look like demons? Yeah. it's it's a weird thing that's going on. There's this Pindar and this uh you know this whole theory that the um that the royal family are are lizard people, and that's why forever they kept their bloodline pure. all right there, you know I mean like yeah, I, yeah. I, we don't know anything, but there's such it's like dude there's so much interesting shit going on in the world man that there's like there's so much going on like this is literally like a 1980s Bukaki of like <laughs> of fucking evildoers from every movie like we got space aliens everywhere we got Russians well there's we, got to be
3: aliens like, I mean the, the, like in area 51 there's they've got to have bodies okay now the land, new right? theory
1: That's... is and this this whole some guy broke down like on a Google map is like the, and my friend, so I go home and we got wrapped it up here. Any? What are you doing? I so, we, so I go home and my, I have, a, uh, have a, like a dinner with friends of mine and he starts talking to me about how his whole job is to go around and meet people and help them with their insurance or their life insurance and stuff like that and he meets this, this, this famous guy that used to go around and he'd deliver software to uh, different places and one time he gets called to this base and he has to go to this base and he drives up, and it's near Area 51. And he goes, Area 51 is just a shift focus. They they tell you about that so oh, everyone yeah, looks over here. The real thing Area is 50 it's this seven. mountain. This mountain that's near there that you can literally go into the mountain. So he tells me the story where they drive up, and it's so secretive that they had to back to turn the car around, and they back it up. And they're not allowed to look sideways. They just have to back it up, and they have to listen to the guys on the car tell them this shit, right? So then, like, two weeks later, I see a fucking thing. They put out someone had taken Google Maps, and they found this entrance into the side of a mountain. And I'll send you the link. I can't find it right now because we have to wrap it up. But it's like there's a there looks like a straight-up entrance into a mountain.
3: With a hanging munchkin.
1: Where all the alien crazy shit goes on. Like, there's just interesting thing, like the uh, the jump between, uh, the missing link between monkeys to man. Oh, yeah. What is that?
2: Sasquatch.
1: Sasquatch. A Love Yeti. It. Love it. The
0: entire time you're talking right now, yeah. I was playing something called infrasound, and that's a low, unaudible frequency, anything ram, under ram, 20 hertz, ram, 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 ram. and it was at like 19 hertz, and it's designed, they put this into sound in, to make it you have, like, a sense of nausea and fear and anxiety. Oh, my stomach just Ooh. started hurting. So the, the entire time, and it's still going on right now. Yeah. So I'm, people with headphones I'm that are listening to this. I yeah, know. It's unaudible. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's unaudible, you're Aaron. That, you're playing it right, right now. Right now. Yeah. And so they've done these. Uh, scientists have figured out that tigers let out a 19 hertz roar right before they attack a prey as a way to, like, startle, Disable them or something. Yeah, out of straight fear. Oh, and that's so oh, I like that. I yeah. mean, it's... <laughs> It's
3: there. Now, why did you do that to us?
0: Yeah, it's still going still on right hard. now. Why it's, are you doing a, this <laughs> to us, Welcome to Mindfuck.
1: Holy cow, I need it's a It's Mindfuck.
3: Well, guys,
1: uh, tell us one more time where they can find your movie, George.
3: Iambattlecomic.com. You can put the www in it, but you don't need to. Iambattlecomic. Yeah. Go to iTunes. That's I told
1: easy. my friend that a year ago. He didn't know that. For the, all his life, he's been <laughs> putting www. W- w- well, I'm like, you know you iTunes. don't have to do that. He goes, uh-uh. I go, Yeah. Uh, I am BattleComic.com Check it out Support the movie uh, Because he supports the troops And we're going to get final thoughts Even though Aaron talked a lot uh, This one (laughs) really, really had a compadre In skepticism today Real quick Uh, The guys who went to film school Oh yeah Yeah (laughs) What? Um,
2: Yeah, I don't believe any of this (laughs) (laughs) Aaron (laughs) Sorry Really Aaron? (laughs) Sorry guys Really?
1: Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been the podcast. Thank you for coming on, Jordan. Thanks, I appreciate uh, you, what you've done, the project you worked, and, uh, you know, helping out the troops. And I appreciate you coming on and hearing about lizard people and time travel and all that stuff. Oh, that's
3: Great. And, you know, uh, in preparation, I did show my daughter's Dark Side of Oz. And You've how they it. take that? It blew. It blew their mind at how it sunk up, and that. It, it, that's just random, right? I mean
1: that's the whole thing dude check us
0: out man go ahead Hat Pod at gmail send us emails anyone you guys want to hear and definitely check out the new instagram Hat Pod.
1: we're going to be doing a couple swapcasts coming out with some great podcasts and some good friends uh we're going to try to get on benjamin in uh this thursday and they do a swapcast with brett and pete giovanni next week uh, uh from their show you're on the list we're gonna do top 10 conspiracy theories uh, guys Check us out on all our social media. Buy our shirts, dude. I can't believe we didn't push that. All comedy t shirts. Show them your com. shirt. That's Go right. to allcomedyt shirts.com, tinfoil hat, buy the shirts. And we got some good shirts coming out, so get your shirts now. We appreciate everything, guys. And we will see you sooner than later. Thank you. Go If you want to see the uh, video version of this, go to youtube.com backslash Sam Tripoli. And it's available on YouTube. And we will see you guys sooner than later. Thanks Bye. for uh, tuning in. Bye, everybody.
0: This is only the beginning.